All right. Welcome to the Big Texas Podcast presented by Texas Young Republicans. I am your host, Jordan Overturf, and today we are basking in the glow of victory as HD28 remains a Republican-held district. Congratulations goes out to Gary Gates, Team Gates, Texas YRs, uh, RPT, everyone who had a part in making sure that we beat back the Democratic opposition in that district. So uh, good on you. Congrats on the victory. Uh, we'll be looking forward to following all of Gary Gates's activities as he becomes an official state rep, uh, serves on committees through the interim and works toward re-election in the primary and in November. Uh, also want to send out a shout out to Louis LaRota, young Republican in Houston, who uh, unfortunately came up short, but certainly showed uh, Democrats and HD 148 that there is a movement inside that district to try and bring some sensible representation to HD 148. Uh, commend Louie and his team for working their tails off, uh, block walking every weekend, making phone calls. Uh, HYRs did a great job. Uh, Harris County GOP, everyone who volunteered in that race. Again, uh, our efforts did not go unnoticed and we are going to continue to push for statewide deployments as we get through the March 3rd primary and then especially as we move on to the general election in November. My guest today is a Navy veteran, 20 years in, as a cryptologist. His name's Tony Gonzalez, and he is running in a district that is larger than 30 states. That's right, TX23, where Will Hurd is uh, leaving us. He is deciding to uh, go into other ventures, including helping uh, diversify the Republican Party. But now we've got Tony Gonzalez, who is vying in a packed field on the Republican side to replace Will Hurd. Uh, I had a great time talking to him. He's real strong on border security. He's a tech guy, so he you know understands the idea of implementing technology in combination with the wall along Texas's border. So we get into that. We get in discussions about you know, the kitchen table issues that this uh, district really cares about, putting food on the table, sending kids to college, you know, is there going to be social social security around by the time they get to retirement age? So I had a great time talking to Tony and I think you will enjoy uh, hearing from him as well. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Mr. Tony Gonzalez. It's, uh, it's been about six months. We're about six months into it, and I had an idea what it was going to be like. It's a little bit like that, but it's a whole lot different, too. Well, and for those who don't understand the kind of uh, the amount of work that comes with running in TX23, what is it, 800 miles, 29 counties? That's it, yeah. Good night. You, so you span the largest, that district spans the largest uh, coverage of the border, correct? Yeah, correct. It's massive. You know, it's larger than 30 states. So really, if you want to be effective, you got to always keep moving. You got to get in front of people. And there's a lot of differences. You know, San Antonio is different than El Paso. El Paso is different than, you know, Eagle Pass and Del Rio. And, and then you got Uvalde and some of the, it's, it's a very uh, diverse uh, district. And in order to represent everybody, you got to get out there and get in front of them. So most people would be intimidated looking at a district this size. You know, what was it about, uh, you know, this race that caused you to jump in? You know, I fit this district like a glove. 
Uh, one, my veteran background, you know, I served 20 years in the Navy. Uh, I think that resonates. A lot of people have either have served, know someone that serves, their family members, uh, or they support veterans, you know, whether they're business or whatnot. So I think that that plays a, a role into it. And, you know, this district is 71% Hispanic. I speak Spanish fluently. Uh, my wife and I have five children. God and family play a big role in our lives, and I think that resonates in this district. You know, they, they may be Democrats or they may be independents, but I guarantee you they're conservative in their values, so we feel good about it. Well, that's excellent. So as you're going out there, you know, you're block walking, you're going to, you know, county, city events, what are some of the issues that are coming up most when you talk to voters? Yeah, and there's a mix. You know, uh, security is at the is at the top. You know, a lot of times people are real concerned with uh, immigration, um, and I, the way I look at it is, uh, you know, I look at it. We need a wall where it makes sense. We need to utilize technology. I'm a cryptologist by trade, so I always try to bring. Uh, technology into the equation, any any equation. So uh, border security is no different. So we need to add technology into it, and we need to give resources to those that are doing the work. You know, Border Patrol, ICE, DHS, all those things help out. Um, and, and here's another thing. I'll go even a step further. We have to end these sanctuary cities. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at that. You, I look at it and I go, what is the problem? And, and, and it's real easy to get caught up in the symptoms but to dig down and go, what is the root problem of this? I think having some of these cities just kind of have a free reign without uh, having any federal impact, we gotta we gotta uh, put an end to some of these sanctuary cities. Uh, so much of the discussion that's going on right now uh, kind of bounces between what's happening in D.C. But then you come home, and there are a lot of issues that you know Texans feel like are unresolved. You know, how are you going to bridge that divide and bring home solutions, and not kind of get caught up in the news cycles? I I greatly appreciate that question. You know, I I served in the military. I grew up defending the Constitution. Where you really didn't ask the person next to you what political affiliation they belong to. Uh, You really focus on getting the job done. And you see this political rhetoric that's going on. You know, this uh, nonsense that we're seeing with the impeachment. And what it's done is it's pulled our country away from the important issues. So I would love nothing more than to bring that back to light. You know, you ask kind of a as I made my way around the district, what I hear, I hear a lot of kitchen table issues. You know, people, while they care about, you know, who's going to be the next Supreme Court judge, they care, they really care about putting food on the table, uh, sending their children to college, um, being sure that they're safe. Those type of, Is my Social Security going to be there when I, when I become of those age? And I think that's what we need to do. We need to kind of Put that aside and talk about some of these very important issues beyond what we get in mainstream media. Now, I was looking at the list of opponents, and it's a pretty stacked uh, Republican field right now. Uh, But over on the Democrat side, I noticed a few uh, names popped back up. what is your sense uh, for these some of these politicians who keep coming back around trying to convince voters, you know, and they, they fail over and over again? Uh, you know, why do you think Republicans have been so successful in this district, I guess, is my larger question. No, absolutely. It starts with your message and it starts with really why are you even running to begin with? 
And you've got people that run for a wide variety of reasons. And I will tell you, in this process, I've learned a lot of people are out for the title. You know, a lot of people, they think as if they've already won this race in some form or fashion. I've never viewed the world that way. I always look at it and I go, I am running to represent the people of this district. And the people of, of CD23 will determine that. Right. Um, as far as, you know, some of my opponents on the, the primary side, a lot of them kind of just woke up and said, I'm going to run for Congress today in the, the largest district in America. And I, at first it was a little frustrating. The further I've gone in this process, I love it. Because what that tells me is the Republican Party is alive, it's strong, but we can't lose we can't lose that energy. You know, uh, uh, we can't just go, oh, you know, and I'm done with the primary. Let me go back under under the rock. I, I no, we have to go. Let's get behind this because this is about the future of Republicans in Texas. Now, this district is also widely rural, right? Yes. And yes. that the the thing I like about this district is that it kind of encompasses both sides of the discussion, right? This urban side when you've got El Paso and San Antonio, but this large stretch of the district who some of these folks feel like they're unrepresented at all, right? Yeah. Uh, as a congressman, how would you approach to balancing both of those needs, both in, from an urban standpoint and a rural standpoint? Yes. So so part of my story is uh, I lived in San Antonio till I was in third grade. And then I moved out with my grandparents to Camp Wood, small little town just past Uvalde. We had 500 people in the town, 1A school. Uh, we had a small ranch, 16-acre ranch, and we raised goats. And I lived there from third grade to seventh grade. And one of the first things that my grandfather did when we got that land was to find water. Right. He couldn't find any water and he worked it out with a neighbor who had a large plot to be able to get some water from there. We built a, 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 a trench and it all worked out. But I look at that and I go, those are some of the issues that rural communities face. Simple. Like, you know, water infrastructure type of approach. Um, after seventh grade, moved to Divine for a couple of years and then moved back to San, San Antonio. So at the heart of my, uh, the heart of who I am is this city kid who can put on a suit and tie and go into a boardroom and have that discussion. And this rural kid who can put on jeans and boots and go to a football game and really understand what's going on. And I think that's exactly what this district is and what it needs. Now, from your perspective, you know, uh, cryptography, correct? So, so where do you think are areas where we can bring more technology to help our folks out in the rural uh, parts of the state? Yeah, absolutely. You know, so I'm a professional cryptologist. I did 20 years in the military doing that. Never thought I would do that. You know, you don't wake up, you know, as a kid, you don't go, I'm going to be a cryptologist. But it's been amazing for me. It's opened all these opportunities. Uh, I'll tell you, 20 years ago, cyber was primarily a Department of Defense, uh, national security uh, industry. Now it's in everything. Banking, real estate, ranching, I mean, education, you name it, you can't get away from it. So I want to bring my expertise and bring some of those jobs to this district. And I'm not just talking about the urban areas. I'm talking about the rural areas as well. Another aspect of I'm just going to highlight briefly on healthcare. Uh, I look at it and I go, has, uh, has, the, has uh, the Affordable Care Act failed us? Absolutely. It has doomed us from day one. But what can we do to, to kind of uh, to, to make sure the next thing is, uh, is better off? I think bringing telemedicine into the equation, 
makes sense to me. You know, if I'm out in Marfa or Fort Stockton, and let's say uh, I can't travel to El Paso or San Antonio, what if I could Skype with my physician and have that discussion? Or what if I can use my iPhone to do an eye exam? How can we utilize technology to incorporate some of these rural areas? I'll also say it first starts, you got to get cell coverage. I mean, there's parts of this district that don't have cell coverage. Going back to my kind of uh, earlier story, like you need water. Mm-hmm. Like you need water in order to bring life. Yeah, uh, I I think there are a few Texans who maybe like the idea that there are parts of the state where there is no cell coverage. Uh, you know, I... I remember taking a trip down to Leakey uh, a few years back. And when I got out there and saw the red X on my cell phone coverage, I, I'm free, right? right. Uh, so much of our our society now, our culture is built around our cell phones and is built around social media. Uh, where do you think an area is where Republicans are kind of getting a bad shake or an unfair shake from the society? And how do you think we change that message? You know, my campaign has been focused on attracting youth, bringing young conservatives into the battle. You know, I fought in Iraq. I fought in Afghanistan. I was on Capitol Hill. But I will tell you what, this battle that we're up against in this socialist movement, it's real. I mean, this is our generation's time to step into the fray. And and there's already some leaders out there that I think have started to pave the way. You know, Dan Crenshaw uh, being one of them. And there's uh, Mike Waltz from Florida. You've got this energy that's there. I understand a lot of members, Republican members, are leaving. Okay, I understand it's it's a tough it's a tough job. A lot of people have done their time, but we need to fill that void with the next generation of young conservatives. And I think that starts by attracting, you know, going to our colleges. You know, I'm very proud to be endorsed by the young Republicans of Bear County, you know, uh, and we're working on other young Republicans in our district. But I think that's my um, that's how we're going to win. So what is your message to young folks? Like, that's a big part of what we're trying to ID and figure out how to get more young people to understand that Republicans aren't this demon that the left and celebrities and whoever tries to make us out to be. Where are, where are the talking points where you're really landing with young people? You know, the, the first thing is you got to be engaged. You got to go. You got to fish where the fish are. And, and uh, a lot of times, Democrats feel as if they own that space. Oh, we own education. You know, that is our area. We own community and community service. Wait a second here. Um, so I find myself oftentimes being the only Republican in the room. But guess what? I'm firm in my values. People know where I stand. I think that's what we need to do. We need to go to where we go to these areas and fight for that. As far as young people in particular, um, I've made it a point to try to uh, ask what is important to them that won't won't come to light, right? Whether that's vaping, you know, some of the vaping laws, uh, whether that's uh, the draft, some of these other issues that you don't hear about but are really important to them, um, I think is important uh, to, to attract them. So you mentioned Dan Crenshaw. You've got his endorsement, the endorsement of Texas Land Commissioner George P. Bush. You're building up this broad coalition of support and endorsements. Uh, what do you think it is about you personally and your message that is is getting more people onto your side in this race? Yeah, you know, I've been very blessed that people have seen that we can win. 
that's step one. I mean, the first per, the first thing anyone almost asks is, that's great. You got a great story. You got tons of energy. Can you win? Because if you can't, at the end of the day, like that's the purpose is to, to be in that seat. What we've shown is, one, I've got an amazing staff. While this is my, my first time running for office, I've surrounded myself with winners that have won at every level presidential races, Senate races, state races, local races. So that's one. Another one is, is you just have to raise the resources you need. Um, and that's part of what you asked me earlier, like, how's it going? Is, uh, you know, I had an idea that I had to raise resources, but that takes time. That takes energy. And guess what? If you want to be a successful, uh, you know, want to be successful, you got to do those things. That's like bullets for your army. But the last one that I am most proud about, we're knocking doors, we're registering voters, and we've done that from day one. The first thing I did with my team is got us DVR uh, trained and and we're going to go out there and register voters. I think that's what it takes. People are starting to see that and notice that, uh, you know, uh, that we can do this. Now, we briefly talked about your military background, but for people who don't know, you know, what was your experience in the Navy and what joined you? What inspired you to join up? Yeah. So, you know, I joined the Navy at 18 years old without a high school diploma. I came in as an E1, the lowest rank, and 20 years later, I retire as an E9. 1% of the enlisted force make it to that. And, uh, and now I'm finishing up my PhD. So I look at it and I'm going, I'm running on the American dream. Well, no matter where you started in life, you can finish very sim- you can you can finish somewhere very different if you work hard and you look for opportunities. And the Navy gave me that, you know. I served in Iraq and Afghanistan and that taught me, you know, the resilience and really it taught me that America um, you know, needs to be strengthened. I was on Capitol Hill and there were so many members of Congress that had no idea about defense or national security issues. And here they are, you know, asking to get a briefing before we go and take out Soleimani. Come on now. You know, so uh, that's an expert. That's an area of expertise. So with your background in cryptology, uh, you obviously have been out there trying to assess threats, uh, track those things down. Uh, Do you feel like Congress is taking that part of its responsibility seriously or are there too many members that are being reactionary based on uh, what how they can control the media narrative versus actual i don't know public safety uh you know national defense uh you know uh, or do people just not understand the actual authority congress has or do they not understand the authority they have you know i was uh, i was uh i served on on capitol hill i was a defense fellow uh, so I was a full-blown Senate staffer on Capitol Hill for a year and a half. With who? Uh, with Marco Rubio. Oh, there you go. Yeah, and uh, and it was amazing. I mean, I'm I'm behind the curtain. I'm making the sausage, and it was absolutely incredible. But it also was very scary because I got to see firsthand some of these lawmakers that were really way, way outside of their expertise. And it's not just one party. I mean, it was way out there. Um, so from that standpoint, sometimes... A lot of times, Congress just needs to get out of the way, whether that's given, you know, states, you know, the, the you know, I'm a big believer in 10th Amendment and giving states the the uh, the authority to do what they need to do, or whether that's giving the executive branch the authority what they need to do and play an oversight role. 
Uh, oftentimes they want to lead with some of these policy discussions and you, you're going, wait, you're a lawyer and you're serving on competent. What are you trying to do creating this policy on, on X, Y, or Z? So I would say that at the same time, when you have members of Congress that have no kidding been there, done that, I think what it does is it sharpens that oversight process. Well, and there have been more and more military uh, veterans who are getting out there. You know, Dan Crenshaw is the biggest one that yes. everyone likes to talk about. Do you feel like more of our representatives should have military experience? I think member uh, members with military experience are different. It's just bottom line. You know, I'm very proud to be endorsed by the War Veterans Fund. And they helped Dan Crenshaw and, and Mike Waltz get elected. You know, I'm very proud to be endorsed by, you know, uh, Dan Crenshaw. And, and a lot of times, military folks, you focus on getting stuff done. Like, that's how you value your worth. Um, and, and that's a, an area that's long missing in Congress. So I think it's a good thing. The more young, conservative veterans that we can attract into this realm, I think the country is better off for it. Excellent. Well, I know you got to get out of here. So as we wrap up, uh, here's your chance to talk to your voters specifically. What is your pitch to the voters in Texas 23? You know, I look at it. We are in a battle and I need you. You know, please go to Tony Gonzalez for Congress.com. Learn more about us. Please go to our Facebook and our Twitter. Uh, we are working real hard in this primary uh, to get through that and then ultimately beat the Democrats in, in November because guess what? Everything's on the line. Republicans have to win back the majority in the House, and I'm the man that can do that in 23. Excellent. Well, uh, any other issues you want to uh, touch on before we get out of here? You know, I'll just I'll just add, you know, uh, the veteran piece. Uh, we've talked a little bit about that, but uh, the quality of health care for veterans is important. You know, I spent 20 years in the Navy. 18 years of that was at war, you know, and uh, we have a lot of people that have gone multiple deployments and it doesn't take, a, you know, a toll not only on them, but on their families. So I think we need to take a moment and and have members that are willing to put veterans and their families ahead of some of this, you know, political rhetoric that's out there. Excellent. Well, Tony, I appreciate you coming in and talking to us. Wish you best of luck on the campaign trail. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you again to Tony for joining us. If you want to find him on Facebook, just look Tony, look up Tony Gonzalez. You can also go to his website, Tony Gonzalez for Congress.com. Uh, thank you to him. Thank you to everyone for listening. Uh, this is our 14th episode and we're coming up on a thousand streams. So, uh, appreciate everyone who's subscribing on iTunes and Spotify and YouTube. Uh, if you want to come on this podcast, you can hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at big Texas podcast. Make sure you're following Texas young Republicans on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Texas YRs. And until next time, friends. We'll see you down the road.